Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that only dances when wearing goat skin pants and then only when around ancient ruins my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're stretching out our necks as we look back and talk some of our favorite movies moments and memories from the year that was 2019 and you don't have to be a pagan to listen into our show. All you need to do is, is search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in the end of the year hole. And whether you are a pagan or a normie, you can follow us along on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on Facebook where we have our little... Uh, events tab shenanigan tab yeah the horrific happenings uh spooky shenanigans i believe all the wonderful goodness that goes on and as this episode is going to be released on friday december 27th technically the last friday mm-hmm. of 2019 good we're looking forward <laughs> oh right? we'll get to that we're getting to that <laughs> we're looking forward here to the year 2020 yep and uh, it's it, it's been on a little holiday hiatus, mm-hmm. but coming back to us here on a Tuesday, and in fact, uh, January 7th, the first uh, Terror Tuesday of 2020, and a film that I'm glad is being played up on the big screen, uh, because I anticipated, I initially was going to try to see this for the first time uh, back during Shocktober. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Oren Gray was hosting a screening of this film, and I waited, unfortunately, until like right before to get my tickets, and it had sold out. Oh, good. So you never underestimate the pull of a classic horror film. I am talking William Castle's House on Haunted Hill. Ooh. So I missed out on the big screen one time, but I'm not missing it this time. I hope it gets all like 4D and like it's like the skeleton or something to come out of the curtains. Well, well you know, this is rad. this is Amber. She, you know, I'm sure she has maybe a few tricks in her in her bag there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but welcome back, Terry Tuesday, January 7th. But then even looking more into the future here at the end of January. This is going to be dope. This, it's time to start panicking. Oh, yeah, I'm already in full panic. I'm freaking out as we speak. Yep. Um, panic Film Festival coming back. Oh, it is that rad. time of the year. Oh, it's going to be rad. And as cold as it is in Kansas City in January, as nasty as it can sometimes be, this is something that has become a just that holiday tradition. It's worth fighting the Toros in the atmosphere, man, because like there's so much cool stuff coming out, and they keep adding more cool stuff. Well, that's the best part is the fact that it has grown. Uh, make sure you go to PanicFilmFest.com. Check out the uh, the schedule of all the films, all the shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, my schedule has been put together. <laughs> it's um, official. It's official as shit. It's like spreadsheet and oh, printed course, out. And of stuff. course, I got mine scribbled on like some sort of receipt somewhere. Like <laughs> I think I saw your schedule on a bathroom stall. Yeah. There we okay. Go. For no. a good time, go to Panic Fest. I mean, <laughs> where memories are made, right? Well, I've got eight films at this point, and one of the short films showcase. But the one thing I really want to highlight here are all the podcasts that are playing. There's a lot. It's going to be yeah. cool. And as many films are playing right now, and obviously a lot of the special guests that will be in accompanying it, the podcasts that are be that are performing right now is just next level. Um, starting on Friday, in this case January twenty fourth. 
uh, kicking off everything, we have returning guest, uh, local local boys done right, the Generation Y podcast, and they are teaming up with the Crime Lines podcast. So there's going to be kind of a, a twofer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, the Generation Y podcast, if you're not familiar, they are all about true crime. And if you listen to podcasts, I mean, that's what people tune in for now. That is like the biggest thing. If You know, I know you're not a podcast listener, but ultimately that's what, pe- that's what people go to. So obviously kicking things off, and like I said, they have a huge presence. So if you are into true crimes or if you want to get a taste of what live podcasts mm-hmm. are like, check that out on Friday. But then save your, your energy because over the weekend here, we've got a, just a, a plethora a podcast uh, starting at 245 again returning back and also true crime podcasts themselves don't drink the Kool-Aid gang but the cool podcast is back I'll tell you what I don't listen to podcasts like you said and it is but the ones with that panic fest and the other ones that I've been to that I sat in on them I thoroughly enjoyed and cult pad cult podcast was one of them I dug them yeah, Armando, Paige, uh, Andrea, they are all phenomenal. Had a, and that was really nice to actually see you react to that, mm-hmm. to something that I'm so familiar with, just, you know, my my introvert lifestyle here, where I'm constantly listening to podcasts. Uh, but then following them, and this is a nice addition here, she is multi-talented, the host of this next podcast. She is a uh, co-director of a recent Christmas anthology film called all the creatures were stirring which was a that's the one that has the jallo reindeer oh yeah okay really cool she's also one of the co-hosts of one of my favorite podcasts shockwaves we'll get to them but she does a wonderful academic podcast because she is indeed a doctor she legitimately gets to participate and that spies like us gag that we we engage in constantly when we open the door for each other doctor 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 Dr. Rebecca McHendry's <laughs> Nightmare University podcast. Nice. Now, this is one that it's it's a newer podcast, and uh-huh. she definitely brings an academic approach. Um, what I really enjoy is the fact that w- with any good horror, there's like subtext, there's text, you know, there's subtle approaches, there's mm-hmm. in your face, but a lot of the good horror can really reflect the, you know, the terrors of the time. Yeah. And that's what she brings that kind of academic approach to it. So cool. And she got her PhD in horror studies, literally. Holy shit, that sounds dope. As no, fun. and uh, she, Dr. McKendry is amazing. I'm sure Rebecca to Rebecca to her friends, but Dr. McKendry until then, she earned that title, damn it. Uh, but then following that, and this is one I'm truly looking forward to, uh, we've got a film that is celebrating its 10th year. And we, as we talk about in our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, it's that 10th year that the film shows that it has true horror legs. Yeah, will it keep going on for another 10, 20? And a film that definitely has some legs that might snap, uh, potentially. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Adam Green's Frozen is going to be screening, and then following that is going to be a live taping of one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Joe Lynch, Adam Green, Arwen, say it with me, gang, it's the movie crypt. Ooh, this is going to be great, because, like, again, they're yeah. fucking rad, man. We had a blast doing that. Looking forward to it. But save your energy because the next day then, Sunday, January 27th, uh, just announced Dr. McKendry is not by herself. No, uh, she is a co-host of the Shockwaves podcast. And in tow there is uh, we're going to have one half of the Shockwaves podcast. Uh, Elric Kane is going to be stepping in as well. Now, he co-hosts another podcast. All these podcasts. Again, if you're not listening to a lot of these, you should be. Uh, he's a co-host of the Pure Cinema podcast, which is kind of nerds and nostalgia to our, because he does too. 
Pure mm-hmm. Cinema and Shockwaves. Shockwaves is his, his horror. Shockwaves Pure is, is not, his nerds. So okay, got exactly, it, got exactly. It, got, it, got it, got it, got it. But they're going to be performing uh, Shockwaves live at one o'clock, mm-hmm. which I cannot wait. So again, starting your Sunday right. But then we're going to be closing out Sunday at seven fifteen with a screening of another film that is going to be celebrating its 30th year anniversary as it came out in 1990. Holy shit. We're old. I was We're going to say, ten, you mean 10 years ago? Exactly. <laughs> we wish, we wish. Uh, but an NC-17 cut of Richard Stanley's Hardware and then stick around because then we're going to be taping an episode of Nightmare Junkhead with one Joe Lynch in attendance mm-hmm. and sitting in talking. We're going to be talking hardware, but more importantly, break out your Jinkos, uh, d- you know, dial six 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 to your friends on your pagers because we're also going to talk a little '90s horror as well. That's going to be awesome, dude. We're going to get X-rated. Er, well, <laughs> and it's really funny. The NC-17 cut hardware had a reputation back in the day. Anyway, mm-hmm. I have. I don't believe I've seen the NC-17 cut, so Mm-mm. I'm anxious to see how that plays. But then save your energy because then <laughs> wait, there's more. Truly, the gift that keeps on giving. The following night on Monday, we have. Excuse me, goodness. All that 7-Up you gave me here. Um, we have returning, making its triumphant return to Panic Fest, mm-hmm. uh, the the Panic Fest Hangover Edition mm-hmm. of the Game of Games. Oh, round three. The Game of Games is going to be so good. There's going to be prizes, and there's going to be buzzers, and there's going to be like like categories. So we are bringing the Nightmare Junkhead home version back to you once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we ultimately have a number of interactive categories, including the Songs in the Key of Death. Explain a pot badly. Uh, the Nerd Knowledge. And of course, What's My Line. Um, we will have teams of five, I think. Mm-hmm. And we can have multiple teams, people on the teams. But ultimately, if you come out, you're going to get a prize. But I think first and foremost, we are going to have a good time with this one. We're, We're celebrating fun. all things lovely with your horror knowledge. Uh, but then, then two days after that, that Wednesday, and this is what I love what they've done with Panic Fest, is there's there was so much anxiety and panic that was initially caused. It spread like a good panic does. Well, and you know, especially when it was only the weekend, is you were afraid to miss out on certain movies because mm-hmm. there's only a certain amount of time. Yeah. But as you said, as the panic has expanded, as they have during the week, so you have the opportunity to see more of these films now. If you didn't get a chance to see them on the weekend, definitely. But then during that week on Wednesday, there's going to be a live script reading. Uh, go back to last year's Panic Fest. They did a live script reading of Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh-huh. Uh, there we go. Do the Jason. Jason. <laughs> so weird. So weird. <laughs> but they're going to be doing a live script reading of Halloween 3D. Ooh. Ooh. Which Ooh. could be potentially Ooh. interesting. And as it turns out, I will be participating in that as well. Nice. So I'm going. I'm looking forward to that. And like you, I said, do you know what you're going to? Uh, not yet. No. no. So I, I'm going to probably play it very straight. Like I said, I know I joked initially about trying to throw in some voices here and there, but I don't think that's going to happen. Dude, I'm going to force ghosts behind you and be like, say this. Okay, so I'm just saying it now. If I ever say zobbledy bip, you know genius has done something. (laughs) There's Greg, don't dream it, be it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a way to tell if, you know, we've been uh, body switched. Freaky Friday. Exactly. It's like Greg's not snorting up there a lot, and he's uh, he's loud as shit. (laughs) 
Oh, that's weird. Get, offer him some milk. See if he drinks it. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> but you know, make sure Panic Film Fest for all the... And again, it is constantly being updated at this point and expanding. In fact, the Shockwaves podcast was just announced today. Today, yeah. So, so it is continuous. But uh, PanicFilmFest.com, put together your schedule. We look forward to seeing everyone out there. Because I'll say the biggest thing. Like, you know, if there was like a meme of this podcast... Potentially, what do you think that could be? Mm-hmm. But like, if like uh, us in one picture, or even like, um, even if you genius, uh huh, Wolf Cop, yeah, would I be wrong? No. Where did Wolf Cop come from? A panic fest. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I'm not joking when we say we make memories at this thing. Oh yeah. And I cannot wait to again interact with everyone out there and just see everyone have a good time because yeah. we're going to see some amazing films. We're going to have so much fun. It's ridiculous and like. Some of these films that premiered at Panic Fest, oh, we're man. still talking about. We talked about at length about all the cool podcasts and just events. We haven't. That's not even the movies. That's what so I wanted like, to promote because obviously we want to make sure we're yeah, promoting everyone there. But yeah, the movies themselves. Panic Fest is huge. Three rounds of the short film showcase. Huge this year. It's huge. Kudos to Tim and Adam and everybody at Screenland. Sincerely. Yeah. And let me just put fucking killing it. Let me put this out here now. I'm going to plant a seed here on all of our listeners. Theater etiquette, obviously, you guys understand. No talking, no texting, no vaping, as they say. Right. Um, but also, clean up after yourselves. Yeah. Let's make this panic. Let's let let's the panic come from the films, not the cleanup of the crew. Okay, let's help out with that. Mm-hmm. So that being said, we're looking forward to January 2020. But rather than look forward, let's now look back. Let's back. Let's look back at the year that was 2019. And I'll be honest, 2019 was pretty rough for me. Yeah, you know, just personally, spiritually, you know, a lot of things happened. Uh, you know, my first and foremost, man, and I think I mentioned before, but I, I lost my granny this year. And this was like someone that was basically my second mom. Um, she famously took me to go see Gremlins was, you know, at the point when he <laughs> explodes in the, the microwave. She's like, what kind of movie is this? You know, yeah. she was just a true influence on who I am as a person, my work ethic. I mean, and that's to say I still really haven't processed a lot of the grief. You know, that's what the kind of year 2019 has been, unfortunately. I can even say it's safe to say there's kind of a, even in the culture itself, there's a veneer of negativity that's out there. Yeah. Do you feel that at all? Yeah, dude, this has been a dark year, man. I mean, even like you said, there's just something about it where everything is just looming heavy. Like, you know, even like looking back at things has just been like, there's just something ugly in the air and you know and i've like said it before you know dealing with my anxiety the depression all these things yeah. have, have culminated in some and just a rough year but you know what was nice hmm. was putting together this list of things that stood out in 2019 yeah. Yeah. things that com- combated that negativity out there and that's what was really kind of cool putting together movies that i enjoyed memories if you will that happened the positive things the little things that helped combat all the negativity and nastiness that was out there things that made me look forward that just again they were tools 
you know, to help remedy all the nastiness that's out there. So this is basically a celebration mm-hmm. of all of those things. It's a it's celebration. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, no matter how dark things get, it's always good to, especially this time of year, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're seasonal depression, whether anything's kicking in, whether shit's just not going right, sure. you know? So, like, this time of year, it's especially good, like, the top thing, the top whatever, but it's good to reflect back on like the highlights of the year as opposed to like man that's some bull there's some bullshit out there don't get it wrong but it's always good to like you know sometimes appreciate and focus on well and i I hate to see like all these top 10 worst movies of 2019 or podcasts like that which i don't seek out i again everything i listen to for the most part all the podcasts we just talked about are genuine Mm -hmm. you know there's there's genuine joy in what they look at and they celebrate things and that's what i like to think we do here on the show for the most part yeah is we celebrate things and that's what we're doing with this particular episode so we're going to start initially with some of our now for me i'm going to tell you about five of my favorite films Mm -hmm. of 2019 these are not my top five films from 2019 and it's really funny only one of the films that's on my list we did an actual episode for nice so to kind of give you nice. a little bit of what we're nice. looking at here. Um, Which is like the opposite of mine. <laughs> and that's perfect. That's perfect. So ultimately, the first film on my list, and it's one that if you go back to the episode, this is the one we did an episode for, you talked about how the trailer kind of gave away everything in the film. Yeah. And that's very true. However, the reason this film is on a favorite of mine is I revisited it multiple times in the theater because no matter what the trailer gave away, mm-hmm. I had such a good time in the movie itself yeah. that I wanted to go and see it again and to see it with other people. And Ready or Not hit just a really cool sweet spot for me in a number of ways. Um, what were your... You, I thoroughly enjoyed Ready was or one. Not. I thoroughly enjoyed Ready or Not. In fact, that was my honorable mention. Excellent, excellent. So, like, yeah, well, I, I had such a good time with it. Even though, like, we knew what the from the trailer what was going to happen, you know. Absolutely. But at the same time, it was still fun. And like, I think 2019 was the year of the mean mug. Oh, <laughs> Aunt Helene, mean mugging in that film is something that was the trailer. That's what immediately took me in. But ultimately, the reason I talk about this particular film is when I mentioned that it hits a sweet spot. Is it's hitting a sweet spot on a couple of, uh, aims. Number one, it plays into the wonderful like um, man is the most dangerous game kind of trope uh, think surviving the game mm-hmm. uh, think turkey shoot a number of films like that number two it's also hitting the sweet spot and this is a spoiler technically of the film but you know everything yeah, we're gonna like, spoil this i mean <laughs> but it also falls in the it's a satan film it's mm-hmm. a you know, hell, hell satan, satan! In, which is wonderful but more importantly for me is it takes a nice subtle jab in an entertaining way of the whole class issue. Yeah. The us versus them. The 1% that have everything and control everything versus all of us mm-hmm. that are struggling to get by. And this film does it in a great way because ultimately the board game empire that we're looking at can easily be switched with any of the megalomaniac, you know, right. billionaires that we have out there. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it, it's a lovely little pact with Satan that it comes down to. Because, of course... It's Satan. Why and, wouldn't it be? Well, yeah, capitalism Satan goes hand in hand. But like I said, it's one of those things that ultimately it's not totally in your face. It's 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 not even subtle per se, 
but it's not aggressive. Right. It's going to be the one like, okay, we were exactly, you know, where they're, they're taking their jabs at. Indeed. Uh, Samar weaving in the film fucking kills it. She gives out these next level screams. Mm hmm. That are beyond cathartic. They're next level. It's incredible. And she's a, why I think this film is kind of elevated. Uh, well, actually, the, the oh, again, go back to our episode. Yeah. Take a listen to it. But this film is in a long line of films that came out this year that hit on those same issues. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of, I guess, at this point, um, um, honorable mentions. Satanic Panic. Yeah. Had a chance. Were you familiar with this one? I am familiar with it. It's this still is, on my to-watch list. This is the one by Chelsea Stardust. I uh, had a chance to see this at Screenland Armor with a crowd, and this one played magnificent with a crowd. But it plays with a crowd that has to understand they're going into a film that is very tongue-in-cheek, but it, it would play as a great double bill with Ready or Not, actually. It would play wonderfully as hmm. a double bill. Um, another one on that line was Culture Shock. That was really good. Another one by literal friend of the podcast, Gigi Saul Guerrero, mm-hmm. that plays, that is perfectly plays here in 2019. Super prescient. Oh, it's super prescient. It, it's, I mean, it's on the nose as it needs to be, which leads me to not, again, an honorable mention, but the Black Christmas remake. Mm-hmm. Again, have you seen it? No. Have you heard anything about it? I have heard things about it. So, tell me some of those things. Um, I heard uh, that. What you're talking about, there's subtle, there's subtext, and there's not subtext. This is the one, like, blunt as a sledgehammer. It is. And what I think is wonderful with it is you have to keep in mind, it's technically a PG-13 film Mm -hmm. written, directed by women. Good. So, I mean, it's aimed at a particular audience. Right. And every person that's probably listing those things that they're upset with are not the ideal audience for it. Maybe a movie's just not for you. Exactly, which means you do not have to trash it. Right. And I honestly think, though, the fact that it's not subtle, we live in a day and age where, and we don't get political here on the show, but our, our the leader of our nation here tweets more than a teenage girl. You know, subtlety. And sometimes at a teenage girl. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you need something to be not subtle. And right. that's what I like with Black Christmas, is it's not subtle, and it's, you know what? The time for diplomacy is over. If you don't like it, that's fine. But I guarantee this is going to be a gateway film for a lot of girls into horror that's going to explore them into this world, which is a world that needs to be more inclusive. Yeah, absolutely. If the the film offends you in such a way that you attack it in such a way, you might want to look at yourself, okay? Again, I'm older at this point in my life. I'm not going to say by any means I'm wise. But I remember what it's to be like to be an ambitious 20-something that, you know, thinks you know everything, that you're going to live forever. Let me tell you something, you're not. You know, you need to learn to embrace a lot of things out there. So that's a, a, a long roundabout saying. Get off his lawn. <laughs> Ready or not hit a sweet spot for me, as did a number of movies here on the list. So, Genius, what is your first pick? Speaking about not hating things and all that positivity, first I'm going to start off with a dishonorable mention. Oh, oh man. Oh. <laughs> well, now, could this film also technically be looked at a class issue film? I don't know. Probably. But I just, ooh, this movie made me angry. Um, it stuck with me and not for the right reasons. I'm talking about Midsommar. This, I know it's going to be on a lot of people's top 10 list and or whatever. That's cool if you like it. I do not. And uh, and this film does fit perfectly into gender issues, class issues, the uh the entitlement of uh, the kids when they're on a foreign land. Absolutely. 
and a film you de- well you I have. I didn't a, mind the story. I didn't like the storyteller. Yeah, you do have. I'm not going to say an issue with Ari Aster, but his his aesthetic just does. You're he, not, you he, don't vibe he, with him, right? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it could be about you know, it could be about a, a, a guy who does podcasts, and then and I would be like, I fucking hate that. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know. It's just. You know, like I said, if you dig it, you dig it. If you don't, you don't. But I just don't see what the hype and all all this hyperbole is. But that's me. Um, a couple of honorable mentions. You talked about culture shock. I mm-hmm. really dug that. I mean, that hit home. It really hit. So hard. another one is Brightburn. Had a lot of fun with that. Me too. I thought it was a cool idea. I thought it was a really cool idea. An evil Superman. You yeah. know, we need more horror. I mean. People are going to say, oh, we don't, mean, don't need any more comic movie. But I think we do. Creepshow is a great horror comic. Let's Absolutely. see some more. Let's see. See, The Blade was a great horror comic. So, like, a superhero comic movie with a horror twist, I'm all for. Yeah. <clears throat> Last honorable mention was Godzilla. It's a monster movie and it was fucking tight. Had a good time with Godzilla. I dug it. Yeah. I, I dug it. So... And, there, and I will say this, there is to be something said for the old school practical man in suit effects versus... But this is still pretty cool. Yeah. And there's people who are like, man, there is too much yakety smack with the humans. And oh. you know what? I'll tell you what. Back in the day when I was younger and I watched Godzilla movies, I would fast forward sometimes through the talking parts too. Of course, you did. Too. Of course so you like, did. Yeah. And this is going to be one of those movies when I see it again on like HBO or when I buy it on Blu-ray, I'm going to be like, eh, I'm going to fast forward That's... the talking parts and I'm going to see Godzilla fuck up shit. But... <laughs> So in a roundabout way, that brings me to what is your wow? Yeah, we're going on tangents right, all here. over, all over. <laughs> My number five pick. This movie stuck with me, and I wanted to revisit it again to see what I missed and find other clues on this. We did an episode about it, but us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Talk about another film that looking at class right issues exactly, and like us versus them versus them. So very interesting. I I really like the whole um, tether. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the violence in it, the subtle violence and the overt violence in it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I found myself going back looking for more clues. I like Jordan Peele's aesthetic as a director. When I was talking about Ari Aster, I like the story, but I don't like the storyteller. With Jordan Peele, I like the storyteller as well. Yeah, everything's working for mm-hmm. you. Now, he's definitely based on his first two films. I will always seek out what he does. And the fact that he stayed even more specifically horror this mm-hmm. time versus with a lot of people when they get that first film under their belt. Yeah, he they're like, gone rom-com or anything, but nope. he's like, nope, I'm going to tell some more scary he stories. He went more hardcore into the horror, yeah. and that's the thing that I loved, I think, with this film is that it is a stylistic film, mm-hmm. and it's one that I don't think, if you put under the microscope, yes, it falls totally apart, but I don't think this is a film that you need to do that for. If you fucking open up with the VHS cover of Chud, I am all <laughs> in. I am all in. Yeah, it's, you don't have to preach to him at that no. point. <laughs> no, yeah, go back and check out our episode of that. That one was a lot, and that was again what I really like with those films, and what I is that they're 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 profound, and he has something to say. Oh yeah, and he's saying it in a very cool, distinct way. And man, I just let's hope he stays within genre. Yeah, you know what? If he wants to go sci-fi action, I'm good with that. Go for it. Stay genre. Stay genre. Mm-hmm. Stay genre. Jordan Peele. <laughs> This this Don't generation, fuck up AA, Ron. This, this generation, <laughs> stay golden, pony boy. Well, my next one is a film that we did not do an episode for, and in fact, this particular film, I had to actually go outside of my own comfort zone, as it didn't play at either Screenland or the Alamo. Oh, in fact, I had to do the same thing for Black Christmas. Oh, so that's that's telling you just what I'm doing here, you know, because 
I am a person that does get that horrible anxiety where if people are talking, texting, all the things that really don't happen at my normal haunts. Right. So that's always in the back of my mind. But ultimately, my viewings were wonderful. Uh, but this is a monster film that came out. And obviously, we love monster films here, and especially uh, Nature Gone Amok. Uh-huh. And the uh, the director of this film is responsible for some gnarly imagery and horror. Oh, yeah. Good and bad. Y- yeah, the stuff that is just stays in your mind. But mm-hmm. what really worked in this particular film was the nice balance he had. And it's a bummer that a lot of, number of people haven't seen this, but uh, Alexander Aja's Crawl. I wanted to see that so bad, but I was like, I either I didn't have the time or there wasn't a place that locally that would see it. But I heard it was dope. I heard it was dope as shit. Well, first and foremost, it is not a prequel to Son-in-Law. So that <laughs> in and of itself was a rough thing. But once you get over that initial shock, um, it, it's very minimal because it's based, it's set in Florida during a hurricane. A couple cro- like an, crocs get involved with people. Mayhem ensues. Crocodile shenanigans. Very much so, but it's very minimal. Um, I will say this. Ultimately, yes, there's, speaking of CGI, there's CGI in there, but it's CGI that never necessarily took me out of the film. I was involved within it. There were some really good set pieces, um, and the scares really worked for me. It's a film that I don't think enough, because this is another one that, you, like you said, you wanted to get out and see, but I think ultimately it's going to find its audience on the videos, on the streaming, mm-hmm. as the kids do nowadays. Uh, but it's one I'm glad I got to see in a theater because uh, it played well just based on the sound design. And again, it's a killer croc movie. Yeah, right. Oh, was there a crazy hillbilly with his sickle? Technically, no. There was, yeah, we're uh. no eating alive, but there was uh, animal danger. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. So next on your list there, Genius McGee. You asked the question a lot, does a remake need to be made? <laughs> And most of the times the answer is no. Um, But for this remake, for it to come out over a beloved movie, and even though the trailer spoiled the big surprise, I found myself still enjoying the movie and wanting to go on the ride. The new Pet Cemetery stuck with me. Wow, I'm glad to see that on the list there. It stuck with me. I really enjoyed that. The girl was creepy. Um, and even though this, I would have, it probably would have gone a lot higher if the, if they didn't give away the switcheroo in the trailer. What is it this year with trailers? Right, right, right. We love trailers on the show. Like we are proponents of trailers. But but not when it spoils everything. It's like in the seventies when they would show the entire fucking movie in the trailer. You had to, because that's the only time you saw it on but today's day and age, we no. get everything everywhere. We get trailers for trailers. <laughs> so why the fuck you gotta spoil everything? Uh, the thing that they're putting in front of trailers now, and now the trailer for right, the new trailer dropping soon. And like, then fucking just drop it. Just fucking drop it. Uh-oh. You know, get off our yards. Get off our yards. Oh my goodness, this is horrible. It's like no, I mean it's silly. <laughs> so anyway, they spoiled it, and I mean they spoiled that surprise. If they would have not spoiled that surprise, this movie would have been like, mwah. It's still a good movie. I still enjoyed Ellie. Um, her creepiness. Ju- New Judd was great. Ellie really sold it for me, um, as was the portrayal of the actor. Because when she comes back, just not right. Yeah. And, you can and see he's like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> another one where sound design is really important. And the mm. ending is another one that is just horribly nihilistic. Yeah. Like, it is a mean little, and it's, I'm glad to see that on your list. I haven't really seen a lot of praise for that one, Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And it's from the gang that gave us uh, Starry Eyes, mm-hmm. as it turns out. So, a good, good, good one there. And now, the next one on my uh, list, I saw it, uh, Screenland Tapcade, 
And I mention this because, and I wish this was different, but I was sadly the only person in the theater. And that's happened a few times, you know? But sometimes that's sometimes cool. That's cool. Sometimes yeah. like you get your own personal screening and that's, entertain me! It's very you intimate, know? right? Right, right, right. Well, this particular film had multiple instances where I was praying Sam, our, our friend Sam, wouldn't walk in because he was serving because <laughs> of the awkwardness <laughs> on screen. <laughs> <laughs> like, every time, like, I saw the, the, any time I thought maybe someone would come in, I'd have my hands out of my pockets, just be like, no tomfoolery. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> But, but what kind of what kind of film could inspire such you know just debauchery? Uh, uh, great great experience. I wish it would it play, would play wonderfully on like a midnight screening. Uh, this is Joe Begas's Bliss. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, even better. I got that. You can't even say I've seen that, have you? No. This film. I think I Michael Myers right now. Like eh? uh-huh. <laughs> this film would play wonderfully. At the tail end of a triple feature, yeah, nerd knowledge me of the hunger, uh huh, and near dark. Ooh, and then you would segue into Joe Vegas's Bliss, sexy, dirty vampires. Very much so. Um, number one, he shot it on film, mm-hmm. and this film Ooh, that make, that makes it even dirtier. It, it it looks amazing. It looks like um, uh, Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A., and it follows this artist around town who's looking for inspiration. Ultimately, she and this is the strangest thing with this film, and it's another one of Get Off My Yard, is the entirety of this film. I'm following around people that I cannot stand, like I cannot stand. They, I just they, they're young and they're brash and they're <laughs> they're making all these decisions. Like, what are you guys doing? What is wrong with you? Is it It Follows? Was it was that your no, It Follows? It, it may have been my It Follows potential, but it didn't take me out of the movie. Though is the thing. Okay. I was enjoying the ride because it was so visually stunning. Like this is were a, they sexy? Oh, there are some explicit sex scenes in this film. Uh huh. We're talking like female, female, male stuff. Like so, it's like it's like the hunger and then but it's also super and, brutal and how her addiction fuels her her art. Uh-huh. Um, she's wearing, if I remember right, it's a waxwork record shirt. So I mean, it's weird where that kind of stuff starts folding in on itself. But uh, Baby Vegas, at this point. All of his films have progressed to the point where I'm beyond sight looking for them. In fact, uh, his newest one, VFW, is playing at Panic Fest. Was it gory? Super gory. Super gory. And it just becomes a batshit level movie to the point where I need to see it again. Mm. But here's the beauty of it. I'm going to go buy it and we're going to watch it. Okay. Because it's one of those that... Don't dream it. We're going to watch it here, you know. Um, this is not one. Yeah, exactly. Arr! I don't know if we should invite Dustin in on this one since he didn't have a good time with pieces. I don't know if he'll have a good time with Bliss. If he could survive a shunting, I mean. This is true. This is true. But no, definitely check it out. Uh, Joe Vegas's Bliss. Nice. I'll definitely have to check that out. Okay, so my next one, we're going we're staying on the remake train. This was a year of really great remakes. This year is a great remake. Another remake, interesting. Mm-hmm. Which normally we again we get off my lawn, but I really enjoyed this one. This one, um Child's Play. I enjoyed this one as well. This one was a totally reimagining, but it still kept that killer doll aesthetic and the new Chucky he you felt for him that he had pathos he had he had paid you you're like oh man poor chucky let me tell you something bam my best friend right and the, then the gore kills were great aubrey plaza definitely i mean 
My heart belongs to Aubrey Plaza. So she did fantastic as a job. job. This was a fun, mean little uh, gory movie. Plus Mark fucking Hamill, man. He did great. Another film also that shows the transformative power of the Texas Texas Chainsaw Chainsaw Massacre Massacre. Part 2. Right? That, I don't know if I've laughed so hard in a film since I saw it in the Burbs not too recently. Um, I was really shocked at this one. Now, that being said... Had they named it something else, do you think it would have gotten a better received double-edged sword? Double-edged sword. I think if they, I think if they would have named it something else, they wouldn't have the people, the purists, who are like, "I'll be damned if I'm going to see Child's Play," but then a remake of Child's Play without everybody, you know. But then again, if they, so they'd have that people if they didn't have that name. But then I think if they just had a killer doll movie, like look what happened with the movie The Doll Mm -hmm. or The Boy, you Mm -hmm. know, just like it just kind of like. Well, you sacrifice name recognition because again, Don Mancini. I love. They have that uh, the original one that is all the the um, the Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. Mm-hmm. I they, they're phenomenal films, and this is not you know in reference to that. So it's its own thing, right? Which is also what set a lot of the horror fandom off in general. Yeah. Uh, so a, a controversial pick, if you will, but I did enjoy it. I say if you're like, I'll be damned if I'm gonna give it a try. It's a good little like killer doll film. Yeah. No, it's one that. I will seek out again because mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to see some behind the the scenes. Yeah. A nice meld of CGI and practical, and it was funny. Yeah, it was funny as it needs to be. As this it needs is to for be. Tupac. So, <laughs> well, the next one on my film is fun. It's funny. Uh, it is the most fun I've had in a theater in ages. It's one that is impossible to talk about without spoilers, and in fact. We're going to, I'm going to put a little footnote in here because we're going to spoil this movie because I want to talk about this film with you. I think, I think, are no. we talking about? Yeah. You, that's my, yeah. Is it on yours as well? Yes, it Perfect. Is. Well, this will segue nicely because um, we had the chance to see our first time seeing this was at the Panic Film Festival. Yep. yep. I believe it was either, I think it was Theater 4 that we were in. This is how distinct everything was for me. Um, our friend Adrian introduced it because he had a chance to see it at one of the film festivals, that one of the plethora that he had been in. Mm-hmm. And all we knew was just to stick around after the first credits roll. Yep, You have to see this stick around. I'm going to put a little audio thing about where we will stop talking about the spoilers of this film because this is a film you need to go in blind. Yeah. Do not watch any of the trailers. Nope. Do not seek out any commentary on this. We palmed about until around the 44 minute, 20 seconds of this particular thing. So if you want to not be spoiled on what kind of the dead, 44, 22. Stay calm. Dead calm. But the one film we're talking about is a film that I, the only, it's kind of like the only thing more fun seeing it for the first time is seeing them see it for the first time. Uh, is seeing it again and again with other people and oh, yeah, one cut of the dead. Uh, this this is my number one pick. Is uh, I absolutely fucking adore this movie. This once you, and you know what? First of all, if the simple fact is the first twenty minutes alone is a one shot, one cut zombie movie, a competent zombie movie. <laughs> And it's a lot of fun. It's action. action. Every I mean, time he would say action, I started laughing even more because what I always hear people hark on is like the first 37 minutes is a subpar zombie movie. And of course, you know, technically it is. Right. But there's a reason for that. And it, this is a film that just rewards you for sticking through everything. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I had... 
this was a film that they, people were basically like, you're going to probably enjoy it. And that was like kind of the hype it had given me. But this is a film that not only like hit all the hype for me, but exceeded it in ways I could not believe. I fucking adore this movie. Just, um, you know how you, you talk about the film family and the secret oh. language between if you just go, palm, palm. You know, and then you have to do the hand moments too. And everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. And again, it's a um, it's a reward in patience. Yes, because it's a I I liked the first 20 minutes. I thought it was a cool, especially from seeing that it's a one cut take. And even the story in and of itself, the fact that they're shooting on this haunted, haunted. ground, the director's gone insane. He's doing everything for a shot. I liked that. Yeah, and, it's and, cute. And his performance initially was so over the top. In fact, he and his wife, who to me is the MVP of this film. She stays calm. Dead, Dead calm. <laughs> but the fact that they give so much that even the weirdness or the awkwardness that exists within those first 40 minutes, how they are paid off is so unfreaking believable. Yeah. So the first third of the film is that one cut Really cool zombie film. Mm-hmm. You get the credits, and then and you see people like look at their watch and like what the hell and like, like wait a people started to get like because I did this for film club and I'm like and I and it's like okay I don't want to hype it up too much but I love this movie but I think you will too but stay seated yep stay seated you'll know why just stay seated because the second third of the film is how the movie came to be and like a family drama. And you get, and but a it, cute, fa- uh, fun family. It's wonderful the yeah. fact that his daughter, who she's a sullen teenager at this point, that is trying. She she hates fake tears. Right, like she's on the set of this film, like terrorizing this little girl, and there's that conflict there, and she doesn't see her father as like a real filmmaker. The fact that his whole thing is like. He's mediocre. Yes, it's he goes. He does. He gets it fast, fast cheap, and done, and, yeah. and, and average. And so, and so, but it's it's also it's there's more levels because she's still following in her father's footsteps. Mm-hmm. So she does look up to it, but mm-hmm. then like like ugh. And then finally, when you're like I got this new role with like a pop star. God, yes, the fact. And then when that guy brings his baggage and he's such a diva. Yeah. All the all the little character actors, all the pathos, and you get yeah, you get insight to every the crew that the, is putting together this film. The drunken, the daughter. Oh, that's so when oh, but it's then, so and rough. he's got the DTs, but it's a small. You're like oh, but then like it's just hilarity ensues. It's ridiculous. He sent an email. Yeah, <laughs> I sent an email. I, I sent I an email specifically asked for no for that, special that water. whole thing. That whole and that's when when those elements start coming in, and then the final third of the fi- of the film is the making of the making. Mm-hmm. So you, and what's so funny, is in the first third of the film, you see everything in the camera, and you forget the world that exists outside. outside. Yeah. And that's what you get with the last third of the film, and that's when it starts plugging in all those bl- those blanks. And that's when you see the film for the first time with people, mm-hmm. to see them start making the connections. I watched it at Tapcade, and there's these two individuals in front of me, and again, we always talk about peripheral viewing, but it was incredible because I could tell initially they were not into the movie. You could just see it on their faces. And yeah. it, but ultimately, that final third of the film, when they started making the connections, the frowns turned into smiles. You can't help turned but into smile. gleaming smiles and laughs and belly laughs. You and and just and I won't lie, I cried the first time. I still tear up at the end when they make the crane shot work. Oh, and, and it was all inspired from the photo. From the photo, and they're just oh. looking at each oh. other, and they just have oh. this like both brightful, happy smile. Yeah, and that man's got the sad eyes, and I'm oh. like, oh, no, it's, it's 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 okay. One cut of the dead 
It's a charming, sweet. Oh, it is. This is one you can show a normie. Yeah. In fact, it, oh, I, I encourage you to show oh, a normie. Oh, I absolutely encourage. I, I can't recommend this movie higher. That's why it's my number one. This is one you can show normies. This is one you can show film snobs because it's the yep. making of movies. Even if they don't like zombie movies, horror, hardcore horror fans will, I, I think, in, appreciate this movie. Now, that's the thing. Here's, of course, there's the exception every rule. I've seen people hate on this film. Oh. Hardcore hate. Wow. And again, no, a different audience. A different like, audience. Man, the first 20 minutes fucking suck. I just turned it off. After, and I saw that. I just turned it off after the first 20 minutes. I'm like, you fucked up. Okay. You totally fucked up. Again, this is a, um, it's a lesson in patience. Truly. I mean, it's, it's still entertaining, but it, I, that's why I'm, I'll never turn the movie off. Even if I fucking hate it until like, it's done. See it through. Right. You need that closure. Mm-hmm. And this film rewards the closure. Um, like I said, it's a love letter to the film family. Uh, everything that happens in there, when, like I said, when you realize where the vomit's coming from. Yeah. While you realize why he starts slapping the kid and he's truly letting everything in when just, oh my God, it's just, like I said, I cannot recommend that film enough. Yeah. How it rewards. Uh, it's truly the film that keeps on giving one cut of the dead it's the best it is the best okay so that's a uh, 44 25 on that one we will now advance into right what is your other pick there genius okay so um we know what my number one pick is so my number two pick is i love anthologies i love anthologies and even when they're oddly anthologies like waxworks where they tell really cool stories and they're really dark and scary and kids are in danger and i like something that can hit all the sweet nostalgic spots but be something totally new and totally grand scary stories to tell in the dark was such a fun scary legit scary and a good movie i i am i i'm digging your your list here that's one I, I did really enjoy. I need to revisit that one. I have not watched it since we saw it for our episode. Again, go see our listen to our episode on that because it pulls on those yeah. nostalgia strings. Yeah. And I think that's why this film had a lot, excuse me, uh, going against it because people hold on to those books hardcore dearly but they made it look like the illustrations came yeah. to fucking life and it was a combination of cgi and practical yeah. as well and there's some very effective scares in there especially when that <laughs> lady it mm-hmm. just it all absorbs him freaky deaky to the end when he's yakking up hey oh that was that the, was gnarly that was gnarly i think cronenberg did a run on that for a pg-13 movie it was violent as fuck what i like the fact that between like that and black christmas is we always talk about gateway horror films and especially in today's day and age when i am so out of tune with today's teens with what the kids are watching i'm i'm again i'm trying to think of putting myself in their perspective and that's why i think with some of these films i don't go in with my 43 year old perspective i try to go in what what are they appealing to mm-hmm. and if it and if it and if it ultimately if i appreciate it then i'm like even better yeah if it can go outside the quadrant that if you know it initially it's going towards so there's power to that mm-hmm. i would say um my last one here and i'm gonna go a little shutter shout out Obviously, we love kind of our special features with the Blu-rays and everything. Uh, shout out to Justin Beam and Heather Buckley that are ultimately kind of uh, documenting and caretaking a lot of memories uh, with these people that are still with us to get insight to a lot of the films, how they were made and brought about. Uh, and some of my favorite documentaries are one that give us insight to things like that. 
And one of my favorite viewing experiences here of the year was not in the theater, but was a home viewing. It was a documentary uh, called Horror Noir. Mm. Do you, did you ever see I that have. one? That okay. is a really fucking good documentary. It's ridiculously good. And it is basically all about um, the black experience in the horror world. Because as, as much as we like to say we are inclusive in the genre world and the horror world, we still got a lot of stuff to yeah. go forward you know oh, we yeah. still got a lot of progress to make and what's ultimately is it gives you an idea of the issues they see in the world of horror and from you know the get-go from like a birth of a nation uh the journey but ultimately it rewards because it gives you keith david and uh ken foray singing uh the monster mash <laughs> which is unreal it's ridiculous um but man shutter gave us quite a few documentaries this year um the tom savini documentary just mm-hmm. recently came out uh some good another shutter shout out tigers are not afraid oh gosh that is a hard movie i mean it's not a hard it's a gut it's, punch i should say it's a whoo that is tears uh isa lopez is offering another one you can see on shutter right now and another one that plays into the class issue mm-hmm. it's been a banner year for horror films i think in 2019 yes from the stuff that is just wildly entertaining because like uh, if you look at it chapter two mm-hmm. uh we've it's uh dr sleep there's been some there's been some good stuff that's come out from from the the studio films to the indie films and a lot of films that we still haven't seen oh yeah there's a, a lot of films on a lot of people's best ofs i have not been able to see yet yeah there's a lot of ones that i can't even say i have seen that exactly so yeah. that what that what that means then there's a lot of material <laughs> plethora yes we, we keep using that word i don't know if we mean <laughs> you know but that means seek it out speaking of seeking out one of the things that i've really enjoyed here living in the kansas city area is the opportunity we have to experience some things in the theater uh be it movies uh particular moments and what we're going to transition here to is some of our favorite moments and or, vi- or events that happened here in the Kansas City area. Mm-hmm. Genius, why don't you start us here? My number five pick of the year. I mean, just, just to make oh, things, yeah, you yeah. know, no, no particular order, but from my notes. Every other Wednesday, I host a film club, uh, which where you get together and we do screenings of movies. And Where's that at? It's at the Alamo Draft House, Alamo Film Club, hashtag tell everybody. We show really cool movies, and we, then we host a discussion. Well, I got to choose a movie that I've wanted to see again on the big screen lead discussion over for a while now. Nicolas Cage's Mandy. Yes. This movie was so what the fuck that the discussion just turned into like what what happened to Cheddar Goblin? What were those the, the STD not ST demons, the Cenobikers. I mean it just went in all over all these different directions. And that the conversation lasted like an hour and a half. I mean it was just like where is this going? What do you it, it was a really good conversation. Um and then kind of the next two we did Santa Sangre was a good one too. But the Mandy one was just like man, it was what I wanted to discuss about because absolutely mandy that's a movie you need to just unprocess and thankfully we were in theater one which is the big screen at the draft house and that's a film you need to see on the biggest screen yeah. as loud as possible yeah because just it's, immerse yourself in the colors and it's another film that i totally get if people don't like it absolutely absolutely but that divisive nature also lends to the discussion now mm-hmm. i didn't get the chance to attend the discussion as you said it was it was, oh, it was grand that's wonderful and that's another thing that, again a very cool thing that we get here is the fact that these very adventurous films that yeah. not some of them are horror some of them are not and you get a real big variety at film clubs so kudos to you and amber on that one going back to the movies really quick i mm-hmm. almost had another dishonorable mention the golden glove Ooh. 
Ooh. And that was a film club one. Ooh. And only because, Ooh. I mean, it's it sticks. It sticks with you. It sticks in your mind. And it's a rough one to watch, but we show all kinds of one. <laughs> not, not just hardcore shit. There are a lot of films <laughs> that you will o- you will offer but, some trigger warnings with these, yeah. and that's appropriate because yeah, you'll see some like family friendly documentaries. Yeah. to the Golden Glove, exactly. So like, and animated movies and like sci fi. Yeah, so. No, but the Mandy discussion was probably like, it was one of the highlights. Cause nice, funny as shit. That's as I, as to be expected. Mm-hmm. As to be expected. Well, f- uh, staying at the draft house uh, the day before, actually, uh, something I look forward to every Tuesday night. Obviously, we plug and promote it here, uh, Terra Tuesday. And I, at this point, it's stay out late with us. You know, on a Tuesday, I know that's probably the biggest thing for people is the nine thirty. Yeah. And I'll be honest, if I wasn't already out late on a Tuesday, it'd be. I would have some issues getting there, but I'll be honest, I would still make it because the community that's formed there over the few years we've been doing this now, and when I say we, it's Adrian and Amber, uh, I just happen to be there and like everyone else, in attendance and enjoying it. Uh, But some of the films that I've had a chance to see on the big screen this year is unreal. Uh, Some I saw originally in the theater and haven't seen since then. Some I saw for the first time in general. It was just uh, unreal. Uh, Anything from Idle Hands. Uh, I love that movie. It played like gangbusters. Of course it did. It's fucking idle. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sawa is family. Thank yep. you, GGP. Uh, Joe Dante's Piranha. Ooh. The late great Dick Miller. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Futterman Curse. One of my favorite films of the eighties. Uh, Fright Night. Oh, for real. Uh, got to see talk about the antithesis of uh, Midsummer, uh, the Wicker Man, mm-hmm. <laughs> which that was my first time seeing it on the big screen, and oh my god, it was life changing. The OG, the OG, yeah. Oh, so Christopher Lee in that is next level. He is so freaking good. On a holiday tradition, now I'm just say I'm just so embracing the knowledge that every November around Thanksgiving, we're gonna get Blood Rage. I'm Todd. And in uh, the month of December, we're going to get the 1974 original Black Christmas, which was what they closed out uh, Terror Tuesday this year with was. Wonderful. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And also in the month of February, the original 1981 Canadian classic, My Bloody Valentine. Ooh, of course. Wonderful. So thank you again to Adrian and Amber, everyone that comes out for Terror Tuesday. On a cold February morning upon the mountain toe. It's the uh, the Ballad of Genius McGee. Uh <laughs> No, it's been phenomenal, and I can't wait for another year uh, of Terror Tuesday. So another event or moment there for you, Genius. Okay, this is another two. I got two twofers. <laughs> um, so this one is two events that the Kansas City Horror Club put on that I could not be more happier to attend and but and also like help put on. But the drive-in mm-hmm. this year I thought was fantastic. I had a huge blast there. But Mary Axmas. Mary Axmas, I had, I just, I, I was, I was, of course I was working, but I, even there, I had a good time there. I mean, I, I saw the, all the cool vendors, even as a patron, and I think everybody who went had a good time. But we had Krampus, we had all this stuff, just to see everybody come in and like mm-hmm. enjoy all the spooky shit, and then like even on the news and everything, it was rad as fuck. So like being on the news for a good reason, genius, right? Exactly, that's progress. Exactly. There's progress. I'm on the first half of the news, not the back half of the news. You know, so <laughs> no, it was a great space, good energy, a good time. I think had by all, and I think that's where it's going. Going to yeah. be here mm-hmm. traditionally if we can. Mm-hmm. 
even better. But I had, I, like I said, even if I didn't put it on, if I just went, I was like, this was, a, it was a fun time. Well, I think what helped definitely was the familiarity with the location. We yeah. were right next door to Screenland Tapcade, which yeah. really helped out immensely. <laughs> yeah, it did. And speaking of, that segues nicely into my next moment here. And this was, we had a chance again to host our fifth Nerdoween mm-hmm. horror movie marathon. And if you go back to our Halloween hangover episode, it wasn't even so much the movies. The movies were great. But man, the audience that night, the yeah. the way they reacted, the way we all reacted, the just the organic thing that happened was one of my favorite moments. Mine too. It's on here. I we truly lived the angel and devil that night. It it played so wonderfully. <laughs> and like I said, when we and when we talk about like how cinema is sacred and all that stuff, that's like no, we're not joking. Like when you're in the theater, we expect to you behave a certain way. But we talk also about reactions and when things happen just organically, when people are having a good time and people are reacting to a movie, like I said, in Maximum Overdrive, after the, you know, you make love like a hero comment yeah! and then the, yeah, oh, I, I mean, I literally left the theater because I was beaming. I was All the cars have gone into Maximum, maximum overdrive. overdrive. Yeah! It, it built, it went from Maximum Overdrive and the audience reaction to... For me, seeing Cooties for the first time, which played wonderfully, to the the catharsis of the fact that we had walkouts before our, our, our last movie ever even played. Ladies and gentlemen, arachnophobia. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and then the brave souls that let, that kept through, that battled through that couple in front. Again, again. Oh. And the angel and devil. Oh. Like, <laughs> like, don't do it, genius. Like, Us ah. enjoying their, like, their <laughs> fear for different reasons. Sit down, dude. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and again, it was everyone, the movies played well, but it was the, that crowd that mm-hmm. made it, and it made it just such a moment that I was thankful for that because it was able to yeah. experience with people. And again, if you see it at home, it's one thing, but to see it with people and a like-minded, it was just phenomenal. So everyone that came out for Nerdoween 5, you made it a moment that we're ta- I'm talking about. We were both yeah, exactly. on our list there. So next one on your list there, Genius. So that was my another two for that whole entire weekend. So let's talk about the next day. Let's talk about Dismember the Alamo. Oh, man. Just a weekend in October where we're going to be... You know what? You, you basically we start preparing the preparation now. Yeah, exactly. For this we're, such marathon, we might be too late. <laughs> this is, yeah. We we now we're, we're on time. schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so from three films from Maximum Overdrive, Cooties, and Arachnophobia, killer noun films. Uh huh. We transitioned the very next day to Dismember the Alamo, where oh man, we went. How, Consumption Junction, what's your function? Putting things in places where they really don't belong. It was gooey. It went weird. It, it got went weird. weird. It got weird. As elated as I was, as elated as I was with the Nerdoween crowd on on a cloud, I was on cloud. Just I, I with wings of wax. Yeah, I was going towards the sun. This one was a roller coaster. And then dismember. Oh my goodness, dismember. (laughs) This okay. We start. (laughs) We start with an Agva print, an exclusive, uh, one of the first times ever playing to a U.S. crowd that nobody has seen. None of us. Not even Adrian. (laughs) Yeah, not even Adrian. (laughs) <laughs> Which is like a rarity. This movie's a unicorn. This Japanese horror film called Centipede Horror. Bug fuckery. <laughs> Truly. And it I, I it, it, it affected the audience. Everyone was a little off kilter. Yeah. Because people definitely had different responses to it. I know some people enjoyed it. 
I, I know. We even started off the night saying, "Look, we don't know what the fuck's going in for at the beginning." But st- again, Stick like around. in one cut, it's a, yeah, it's, just a, a, it's a lesson in patience. Stick around for the end. We trust the dessert will be worth it. So we started a little rocky yeah. on our roller coaster ride here on Dismember. Yeah, and that's an- to say the least. We anticipated the next screening because it was a thirty-five millimeter screening, mm-hmm. and one that's a personal favorite of ours. Oh uh, yes, Tobey Hooper's Life, Life Force. Force. This one, we were like thinking it could be divisive, but I think overall it It played a lot better. Yes, it did. It it kept us going. We were going up. We had momentum. Mm -hmm. We had good momentum going into it. And the next one was like a choose your own adventure book. Do you go and enjoy the ride or do you fall into the bottle of goo? And then our next film, the third film on our lineup. Full House Lannister. Another one that plays more prescient in 89 than it did uh, so forth but uh, Brian Yunza's Society mm. which <laughs> the thrill of the hunt the, the taste of the, oh, the God. taste of the shunt the 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 um 4D that we had with it the slime and the goo and people you could just hear people what the fuck i think there was a couple of audible what the fucks in society we let's put the momentum we had gained with life force we <laughs> lost a little on society we lost some people we, we did really we did. did we gained some yeah. but we lost some too so how do you win them back and in this case we ended everything with we, a 35 millimeter pristine print we had to bring in the big guns we had to call for some cart a little carp. Mm-hmm. Calling the carpenters. Calling the carpenters. Instead of the zombie squad, it's the carpenter squad. Curtain the carpenters. <laughs> and the 1982, just quintessential classic, The Thing. On 35 millimeter. A great 35. Oh, was... Shout out to Megan in the booth. Oh, yeah. Killing it that night. Killing it always. But yeah, this, that night was all fantastic. And that brought everyone back. Mm-hmm. Everyone left happy. Yeah, exactly. Definitely had gone on a journey. Right. And that was the funniest thing, too, because part of me was like, let's just get them out of here before they, like, you know, they Turned remember society us. and centipede <laughs> horror. Hey, what'd you guys think? Boo. <laughs> get a phantasm ravager. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, but it was, again, the experience, everyone going through their personal journey, and then the also the communal journey was something to behold. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say... We've already started putting together stuff for... Do, can we even announce it right now? Because technically we know what we're going to do for Nerdoween. We know the theme. Yeah. Well, technically, so it's going to be the sixth Nerdoween. Yep. And we're doing three films. Good Lord. So Nerdoween 666. Now... You can interpret that many ways, mm-hmm. and obviously we're having trouble interpreting it because we got <laughs> we got we we went down a lot of rabbit holes. We were like, well, a lot of hell this, holes. Oh, hell holes! <laughs> but we are I'm definitely put that in the back <laughs> But we will definitely be hell Satan. Hail Satan! <laughs> so get your finest robe ready for dismember now. We're working. We're on working that. on that. But you know what? We're already working on that. So yeah. rest assured, we will hopefully have a great time, and hopefully it'll be on the uh, year end list as well <laughs> next year. <laughs> yep. Well, another one that started at the beginning of the year, and again, that's what's so crazy with this whole thing, and it's one that hopefully, again, I'll be talking about next year, but my experience at Panic Fest again, yeah. it was it was amazing. It was incredible, and specifically, all the live podcast, but the the one cut of the dead. Yeah. The fact that another zombie, another zombie film. I know. Playing like crazy at Panic. They have the most amazing- Track like, record with zombies. It is ridiculous, and I think ultimately- my whole thing is being thankful and my best events come from the fact that I was able to go out and see a lot of these movies, the, the theatrical experience. And I want to give a special thanks to Screenland and Alamo. And man, 
where, as Joe Lynch would say, waxing their car, but it's genuine because it's a home for a lot of us. Yeah. It yeah. really, it's like a second home for a lot of us. Oh, we're, yeah. we And we look forward to it. And if we're not hosting, I'm going to movies there anyway. We're going to be there. Yeah. Horror Club's going to be there. We're all going to, it's like, it's like a family communion experience. It we is. see people that we haven't seen for a while. Um, old friends, the blonde in front's coming into town for Panic Fest. Yep. So it's like all these all like friends and family seeing cool shit and like doing cool things and listening to cool people and making new friends and new family. And that's what the coolest thing about it is. Can you look, look at all the people that we know that we can call friends of the show yeah. or just of us because of people we know at panic fest. Yeah. So like, it's amazing. It, it, I cannot give panic fest enough praise. Yeah. And as it continues to grow, I've just been able to enjoy watch it grow yeah. um, because, again, I love the fact that this is a festival I can go to on my scooter if yeah. it's a good weather day out there. And to be able to see these films that many months later people are finally going to get a chance to see, it's bragging rights. So you know me and driving in bad weather, right? Oh, yes. Okay, so there, was, do it. there was one year that was, it was like oh, the, that yeah. crazy storm. Yep. I fucking braved it. Fucking braved it for and again. You live your life like a horror fan, so snow. That no, kind of yeah, no. Uh, if if I can get deserted somewhere, no, that's a hard no. Genius versus nature does not end well. No, 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 no. No, but ultimately the communities that are that are forming out there, um, the Terror Tuesday kids, uh, the Kansas City Horror Club, everything that is put on there. Let's just embrace everyone out there. Again, there's so much negative stuff out there. Let's let you know Screenland armor be a plate a haven of goodness let's let screenland tapcade be a place where we can always go to be comforted let's alamo draft house be that warm comfy blanket that we can go to when we need to and it's yeah. we need places like that man and it's where film lovers can go and again let's be let's embrace everyone out there mm-hmm. you know all the weirdos out there that are looking for a place you know hey. and if you don't know anyone the weirdo you are the weirdo. Right. And I'm saying that as a weirdo myself. So, again, Amber, uh, Adam, Brent, all those guys, thank you. Absolutely. So, for my next pick, we're going to go outside of Kansas City. <laughs> um, and But talking about friends of the show and, and Attack of the Killer podcast, they put on Halloween Palooza. And it's easily becoming one of my favorite weekends of the year. Um, just everybody in Iowa is just yeah. so nice, so much fun. They put on a really good show, and I thoroughly enjoy my weekends there. Always check out the Prescribed Films Podcast Network for Attack of the Pillicot, Attack of the Killer Podcast, and a number of ones. Yeah, but no, Jason and Mike, all those guys, mm-hmm. always been so. And again, another part of that inclusive community yeah. that you get with the horror folks. I unfortunately wasn't able to make it out this weekend, but you guys obviously had a good time for me. Yeah. And it goes beyond just the convention itself. The Atumwa is a cool little town. It's a great little town. Dining excursions. Uh-huh. Twin galaxies. Like buffets. And all the good stuff that is happening at the convention, be it at the Q&As, the folks that are there. It's always a good... T- it's something to look forward to in the month of October. Mm-hmm. Again, those those yearly traditions now that we look forward to always such a good thing well speaking of looking forward to uh did you have any other uh items on your list i have one more lay it on us so let's talk going back to screenland armor screenland armor has been some of my best fondest memories also some of my embarrassing moments (laughs) and for my this is my absolute number one moment of the year because it involved um things that i'm that i like and things that i'm probably known for and that's doing cool stuff with horror seeing somebody and meeting somebody really cool and entertaining and embarrassing the fuck out of myself. Oh. So 
<laughs> so at Screenland Armor, in the same theater where I became Wolf Cop, I showed Fabio Fritzi my cat hole. So, <laughs> little context, any first time listeners out there? Right. So, let me explain. So, Fabio Fritzi, uh, com- legendary composer of The Beyond and a whole bunch of other really cool Italian uh, giallo flicks, came out and had an amazing show. First of all, even if it wasn't for the cat hole, the show itself wonderful would have been fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the softer side of Fabio Fritzi was absolutely delightful. When he sang in those songs, I literally could Did see he, like birds and flowers and shit. He was singing directly to you, He was. I was like, is this what Midsommar was supposed to be like? Because like all the blossoms are blooming and shit. You're drinking lemonade. Lemonade. I don't care if it's pink, blue, red, fucking whatever. So like... I'm digging it. I'm having a great time. It would have, we would have talked about it on the show, right? right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so then and so then he's taking pictures of everybody and he's like, hey, come on down and take a picture. And I'm like, okay, cool. Right? Because like I was the last person in line. And you don't turn down Fabio Fritz if he wants you to take a picture. So I give Brett my camera. And okay, now we let me give context to the context. Oh, yes. So a week before, my little poor baby cat <laughs> Owen had a bot fly. And that kind of like, and if you don't know what a bot fly is, think of Alien, the chest burster, but not lethal. So he basically had an animal pop a big old hole in him. And so I had a picture at the vet. And so now let's flash forward to Fabio Fritzi. So he's like, okay, come and take a picture. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And so Brent takes the picture, but he pushes the wrong button. We're in selfie mode, so he's got the arm extended. We're in selfie mode. He pushes the wrong button and it goes to the last picture the last picture is this pink fuzzy hole i mean it's a distinct black hole in the center pink around a fuzzy and from afar it looks pretty fucking gnarly it looks dirty yeah it does it looks extremely dirty and fabio fritz goes oh oh my oh right obviously awkward i'm like let me get the and i'm trying to explain myself I'm like no no it's my cat hole I'm like oh no 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 not the cat hole no i went to that i took a picture for my vet for the cat and i and i'm just digging my okay take a picture i need to go and, and i'm like oh god fabio fritz he thinks i'm a freak and so he's uh, taking the picture and i'm like okay thank you and I'm like okay excuse me excuse me excuse me and i just hung my head in shame fucking <laughs> walked out as fast as i could and then christmas time the way to the parking lot i'm like i just showed <laughs> my fuzzy cat hole to fabio fritzy i'll never come back to the kansas city again with a bunch of perverts he, he will play on the condition that he's gonna have a picture of you I mean, like do as not long as this admit, guy right? yeah yeah over there showing pieces that I, i'm a fabio fritzy i don't need this shit your <laughs> reputation precedes you my friend that ultimately that was a great night and i left right before that happened too like which was the best seconds thing seconds before seconds before <laughs> obviously a lot of things happened we saw a lot of great films uh films we didn't get to see memories made again thank you screenland armor <laughs> as they always but it doesn't happen if we don't go out and mm-hmm. that's the other thing thank you for kind of keeping me in check so to speak of keeping me out there because as you know as as rough as you know everything can be with seasonal what have you the fact that you know i've got 
you as a friend out there keeping me honest and keeping me out there. It's a good thing. So and that's th- again, a thankful thing. And thank you for keeping me in check as well. <laughs> Cause like there's times where you've tethered me very quietly. Like, I, I do actually like, remember uh, a few of those times. <laughs> like, like, hey, it's okay. You're on the clock, you man. Know? You're on the clock. Be cool. Be cool. Going out is always fun by yourself. But going out with friends is even more fun. And that's the thing. I think the communal experience we've experienced. I look forward to more of that in the mm-hmm. year 2020. Absolutely. Uh, Panic Fest, obviously coming up uh, in the month of March, we're going to be celebrating Into the Mouth of March Madness yep, again, yep. putting and, together some things. And as you see, we're already working on uh, like, Nerdoween 6, and I got an idea for Nerdoween 7. So <laughs> There's always going to be stuff coming up for that, but uh, as always, um, please follow us online. Uh, we've never asked to do this, but if you want, rate us on iTunes. I... I yeah, yeah, you know what? Go, I'll be on. Go for it. And you know what? Recommend us to friends. If you're like, hey, if you're in like a Facebook group, what's a cool podcast? Well, Soon. you know what? We've got a lot of great Kansas City podcasts here in the area, and that's another thing that's wonderful to see the expansion as well. So I'd love to see more interactivity yeah. of that as well. Yeah, a lot of good stuff in 2019. More things coming the next year. So until next year, this is Greg D, and I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Happy New Year. <laughs>